Welcome to the podcast of Ben Kruska, where every Wednesday there's a fresh word of faith and victory for your life. Now, here's Ben Kruska. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're talking about faith and we're going through the whole series of faith, basically giving you um, uh, a helicopter view. Well, maybe that's not the right way to say it. Giving you um, a speed course, a uh, Bible school course on faith, faith one and faith two from our Bible school here in uh, Amsterdam, um, running you through it quickly. Um, so I hope you're enjoying this. Really doing this to uh, build your faith and to help you uh, become everything God's called you to be and uh, receive everything that uh, God is in store for you. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it's a very important topic, but we've covered that already. We're talking about producing results through faith. Last time we um, ended with um, uh, with asking that it's so important to ask. That's the first step of producing results through faith. If you haven't heard any of the other uh, previous podcasts on faith, I'm doing these 20-minute podcasts, quick um, quick teachings on uh, faith, but I believe there's powerful stuff that is being shared, um, that if you apply it, um, you're going to see great things happening in your life. I was just sharing here with David, um, my uh, co-worker here, about uh, a miracle that God has done in our lives, and it's just so awesome to see... Uh, your faith working for you and um, everyone has in the inside of them that kind of faith to see the word of God become real through you in your life and see mountains moving and that's where actually we were reading from right now closing out this last podcast from Mark chapter 11 we'll pick it we'll pick it back up there Mark 11 verse 22 through 24 Jesus said to them have faith in God For assuredly, I say to you, and you always have to make it personal. He's speaking to you right now. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we already covered asking, that it's important to ask. (laughs) And today we're going to go through uh, some of the next steps of producing results through faith and actually how to turn your faith loose. To not have passive faith, but practically. How do you practically turn that faith loose? How do you practically use your faith to um, see the desired outcome? First step, you have to ask. Second step, you have to receive. Many people miss this step. They always, you know, keep keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Every time they're asking, they're asking, they ask, and they never really receive what they're asking. That's like going on Amazon and ordering a new Bible and going on there the next day again, ordering a new Bible, the next day again, ordering, and not waiting for the thing to deliver to your house after you ordered it. Once you ordered something on Amazon, you believe you have that thing that you've ordered and it's just on its way to your house, but you ha- it's yours. Nobody's going, you know, and filing a complaint to Amazon saying, hey, I ordered something five minutes ago and I don't have it yet. How come? You guys are a bunch of thieves and liars. I want my money back. No, nor do you keep asking, asking, asking for that thing you ordered. Well, 
it's kind of the same with when it when it comes to prayer when you talk about prayer the prayer of faith for personal petition for things that you need for things that you are believing god for personally then i'm not talking about you know having fellowship with god or intimacy with god or worshiping him you know like prayer of intercession i'm talking about when you have a financial need when you need a miracle in your body when you need to receive the peace of god about a, when you need to receive wisdom for a certain situation financial provision then there has to come a point where you when you've asked you believe that you receive that answer you that you've asked for one man of God says it this way, you have to step over the faith line. You have to ask and believe you receive it. Step over a line, an invisible line, and say, on the other side of that line, that's where I have my answer. And then you ask, you believe you receive it, you step over the line and you say, yes, I got my answer. And you never go back to the other side of the line where you didn't have your answer. We already discussed faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, you believe that you receive it before you have it. You already have the substance of that thing inside of you before you have it in your hands. You have to have it before you have it, otherwise you never have it. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. You have to have it inside of you. You have to have it in faith. You have to say, yes, I got it. A, a, a perfect example for my life was when we were believing to move to a bigger building uh, about two years ago now, a little less than two years ago. Um, we, uh, we had outgrown our building. We had moved to the Sunday to a school. During the week, our Bible school stuff was still in that current building, but that was outgrown too. And the school was now outgrown, and we are just like, desperately in need for a bigger place to take a step forward and the lord had already spoken to me where i where i was supposed to go and i knew that was my place but i didn't have any open door so i just kept praying and anytime anybody asked me it's like hey where's our new building i'm like oh, i'm praying for it praying for it it's gonna happen god will do it the lord will make a way but I never really, and the Lord rebuked me for it. He's like, you still haven't received it. You know, <laughs> you, you, you still don't believe you have it, even though I spoke to you very clearly. So I had to repent. And then I said, Lord, I thank you. I believe I received it. And I know that building's mine. I'm going to move in. And then any, after that, anytime anybody would ask me, where's our building, pastor? When are we moving? I would say, I already got it with a big smile on my face. I got our new building. And they're like, really, where? And with big eyes, look at me. Where is it? Where is it? I'm like, I can't tell you yet. I don't have it yet in that sense, but I already have it. And I would like tap on my chest. I have it on the inside. And they're like, oh, okay, I got you. I got you. And they kind of, some people would look at me like, you know, with like a question mark on their forehead, like the pastor is losing it. <laughs> he's going, he's out of his mind. The ministry is taking its toll on this poor guy. <laughs> but we don't live according to the natural. We live according to faith. And I believed I had received that building and now we're in it. And now we're actually working on the next one. Hallelujah. We've outgrown this one in a year and a half time. Or more than doubled in size by the grace of God. And now we're going to double again. 
this year. So we're taking next steps forward, which is massive steps forward. But again, what must we do? We must ask. We must believe that we receive it. And then after that, what's the next step? Speaking. Say it out loud. Speaking. You have to let it come out of your mouth. That what you've asked for and that what you've believed you've received, now you have to speak as if you have it. We saw here in uh, verse 23 in Mark 11, Jesus said, you know, whoever says to this mountain, he doesn't say whoever prays about that mountain or whoever says to God, you know, I got this mountain. No, he, he says, whoever says to this mountain, you have to do the speaking, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Kenneth Hagin used to say, you have whatever you say. Whosoever can have whatsoever. You have whatever you say. So many people are speaking defeat. They're speaking the problem. They're speaking how hard it is. No, oh, it's so hard to do ministry in Europe. It's so hard to win souls in Europe. It's so hard to build a church in Europe. People don't give. People don't serve. There's so many religion. So much religion. Yeah, keep saying that, and that's exactly what you'll have. You can also say, man, this is good ground right here in Europe. People are hungry to get saved. People love to give to the ministry. People love to serve the vision that God has placed in me. That's a, And then you're going to have that. Up to you. Up to you. Your words have power. Proverbs 18, of course, it says, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit of it. A man's belly is satisfied with the fruit of his lips. So what you, what you let come out of your mouth is very important. In Numbers 14, when the people of Israel had sent spies into the promised land, 10 came back with a bad report, 2 came back with a good report. Those 10 said, we can't. Those 2 said, if God is for us, we can. We'll eat those enemies for lunch. And those 2 that said, we can, guess what they did? They were the only 2 of a whole generation that took the land. And those 10 and all who believed their bad report, and all who spoke along the way that they spoke, they all died in the desert. And God actually said in Numbers 14, He said, as, as I heard you speak in my hearing, so it will be for you. You have whatever you say. You can't underestimate, or you can't overestimate the power of your words. Jesus spoke to the storm. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Jesus spoke to the sickness. Jesus spoke to the demons. Taking authority over those things. Speaking from a place of faith. 
commanding. You too can have whatever you say. He says, you, whatever you say, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be, you have to, you have to be the one speaking. The problem is most people are speaking, but they're speaking contrary to the word of God or contrary to what they believe from the word. Many people believe in healing. But when you speak to them, you know, you saw that really during the Corona thing, you know. Many people who professed to be believers in the healing power of God, now suddenly they're like, oh, we have to use wisdom. Separate, use distance, you know, put the mask on, all these different things. Um, showing that their believing was only mental believing but never really a heart believing. Because whatever you have in the inside of your heart, whatever your heart is full of, your mouth will speak of. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly richly because whatever you fill yourself with is what will come out fill yourself with the truth of god's word fill yourself with the promises of god fill yourself with the seed of god become a seed bank <laughs> become like a storehouse of grain for your nation for the people around you and speak speak your faith Speak, I am the healed of the Lord. Speak, with long life he will satisfy me. Speak, a thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but to me it won't even come close. Speak, I am blessed. I am highly favored. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Speak, my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He is my shepherd. I shall never lack. Speak. I'm the head and never the tail. I go up only, never down. Everything I put my hand to is blessed. I have a surplus of prosperity. You have to speak. That's much better than saying, oh, I'm so weak. I'm so tired. I don't know what to do. I have all these needs. Even if you feel that way, don't speak that way. Let the weak say, I am strong. Go against those feelings. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you have to actively resist him using the sword of the spirit, the word of God. What did Jesus do when he was tempted in the desert? He said, it is written. He didn't stay quiet. He didn't stay quiet when his faith was challenged. He spoke what he believed. He, he went against whatever the devil was saying. It's not good enough to be neutral. You have to be positive about the word of God. So we ask, we receive, we speak. 
And then we rejoice. <laughs> this is a good one. This is so important. Deuteronomy 28 verse 47. It says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies. Who wants to serve their enemies? <laughs> Hopefully no one that's listening. Well, then we must serve the Lord our God with joy and gladness of heart. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not heavy to serve the Lord. First Peter 5 says, we can cast our care upon the Lord for he cares for you. You must rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice, Psalm 118, and I will be glad in it. That's not just like, oh, let's see if it's a good day, then I'll try to rejoice. No, that's like a strong decision of the will. I will. You can't say any, you couldn't say it any stronger. I will. I decide from my spirit that I will rejoice. Some people live in the soulish realm. And their soul dominates their body and the soul dominates everything. You know, their mind, their will, their emotions, their unrenewed soul dominating them. Oh, I just feel down. So I'm going to have a down day, a blue Monday, terrible Tuesday, wretched Wednesday, etc., etc. Sad Saturday. <laughs> You can't, we can't live dominated by our soul. We must live from the spirit. That's why the psalmist said, I will rejoice and I will be glad. Making this decision on the inside. I'm living from my spirit. I'm living according to what the word of God says about me. This is the day the Lord has made. Hallelujah. This is the day of salvation. This is the day. I will rejoice and I will be glad. In Habakkuk 3, you know, many people use this for the negative, where it says, even if, even if the olive doesn't, you know, even if the trees don't flourish, even if the harvest doesn't come, then yet we will rejoice. And, but then you have to see the end of it because they'll say, and, and God will make me ride on the heights. Let's look it up. Habakkuk 3, I believe. Pray I can find it. Yeah. It says, uh, verse 17, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Basically, we can take that first part and say, even if I don't see it, I believe that my God is still good, and I will still rejoice. I know that I'm not dependent on the natural economy. I'm dependent on God's supply. My eyes are on the Lord. And therefore, I can remain joyful in all circumstances. I can be full of joy. But it doesn't end there. Verse 19, he starts speaking in faith. He says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. In other words, I'm not staying here in this place where the flock is cut off and there's no, there's no fruit and there's no food and there's no harvest. I'm not staying there. I'm going to walk on those high places. I'm going to walk in my inheritance. I'm going to take the land in the name of Jesus. So rejoicing that you're not staying here, but that God is bringing you forward, even if it doesn't look like it.
That's letting your faith loose. When everything in the natural is screaming at you, uh, you know, you're failing or whatever, you rejoice. Ha ha, devil. I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> I'm more than an overcomer. Hallelujah. Where I'm at today, I won't be tomorrow. God is leading me onwards and onwards. Upwards ever, downwards never. You have to rejoice in the Lord. There's this awesome story in 2 Chronicles 20, before we close out today's podcast, where this huge army was coming against Israel. And the first reaction was fear gripping them. It's easy to get fear gripping you when you get bad news. That temptation is there. But the good thing about them was they didn't stay in that fear. They immediately switched gears and went to fasting and prayer, seeking the face of God, believing to receive a word from the Lord for their situation. And the word of the Lord came. And the word of the Lord was, don't be afraid. You won't need to fight in this battle. Watch, the Lord will fight for you. And what did they do? You know, if they were like charismatic Christians today, they would be like... They would keep praying, you know, for another 40 days. Oh, Lord, we got this word, but we still don't see those enemies defeated. Oh, Lord, please help. And they'd rock back and forth, you know, with a very serious look on their face. Oh, Lord, we don't see it yet. And we're, we're really believing you, Lord, but you have to really change the situation. But these Israelites, they didn't do that. They, they actually walked in faith. You know what they did? They appointed singers and musicians to go ahead of the army, rejoicing in the Lord <laughs> and shouting out, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Singing songs of victory when the enemy was still right there. Who would volunteer to be part of those singing group, <laughs> to be part of that worship team? <laughs> Uh, I don't know how many we would have volunteering today. <laughs> but these guys were real men. They were rejoicing. That's not some weak thing. That's a spiritual force that they used. They rejoiced in God. And when they started singing, what started happening? God set ambushments against the enemy armies. And they turned upon themselves. And they killed each other. And not one was left alive. And when the Israelites showed up to the enemy's camp, what happened? All they had to do was gather up the spoil. For three days, they had to gather it up. There was so much spoil there. All they had to do was gather it up. Three days long. That's, that, that was their job. God fought their battle. And they just had to gather up the spoil. Well, that's where we live. Jesus was the conqueror. We are more than conquerors. He fought the battle for us. He purchased a great redemption for us. And you and I, we can gather up the spoil, the spoil of healing, the spoil of prosperity, the spoil of the blessing of God, the spoil of the favor of God, the spoil of the peace of God, the love of God, all these different things. And we can walk in it day by day. And therefore we can rejoice every day again. And that's a force you put to work to see the situation turn around. We'll pick up with this thing next week. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the podcast. If you're not a partner with us yet, you can partner with us at riverfoundation.eu or riveramsterdam.com. We'd love to uh, join forces with you, believe in God to see 
Holland and Europe flooded with the word of God and with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Thanks for joining me with that. And uh, thanks for sharing this a, a picture of this podcast on your social media, reaching more people. God bless you and see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's message. To be notified of new episodes, just hit the subscribe button. And to connect with Ben on social media, you can find him at Ben Kruska on Instagram and Facebook.